When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Yesterday, Chuck Kyle, head coach at Cleveland St. Ignatius, one of the winningest coaches in Ohio high school football history, announced that he intends to retire as the head coach of the St. Ignatius program after next season. Chuck Kyle will make 2022 his 40th and final season leading the program. He'll also be stepping down as an English teacher and the track and field coach for the high school. He has 369 victories and 11 state championships and has been an incredible influence at all levels of football in Ohio. Coach Kyle joined me on the podcast in our first year and talked about how every season is a book. And so the final volume he will write as a coach will be the 2022 season. And want to congratulate him as he prepares for his retirement and wish him the best in his last season as head football coach. He's somebody that all of us can learn from. He's been a huge influence, as I've said, over a number of people's football careers, both his players, coaches, and other coaches in Northeast Ohio and the state as a whole who have gotten to know him. He's an incredible man. And so here is our podcast from 2017 with Chuck Kyle, where he talks about every season being a book. Welcome to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We are excited to continue through our lessons of 2017. And joining us today on the podcast is the head coach of Cleveland St. Ignatius High School, Chuck Kyle. I've known Chuck for a long time and followed his career. I think at one point I was recruited and ended up playing against him, but Coach Kyle has done an outstanding job with what he's done at Cleveland St. Ignatius and really has a great outlook on the game and how to mold young men. And Coach, I appreciate you joining us on the podcast again. Oh, sure, Keith. It's fun. It's that time of year to start talking about football, what we've learned and what we need to work on. Well, definitely, Coach. And I think you have a Pretty good way of making an analogy here to football being like a book, and, and you were talking to me about that. I'd like you to share that with our listeners. Oh, sure. I'm an English teacher, so that's why there's maybe a, the analogy kicks into gear here. I've always pictured a, a football season, really like you're writing a book. Each chapter, it's another game. There's interesting characters that kind of weave their way in and out. 
And really, the plot, you think, come on, how many, I've done this as a head coach for 35 years, you think, come on, it has to be the same. In all honesty, no, you think you've seen it all in the game of football? You think, come on, you've done all these games, you've done all these situations, you think you've seen it all? And every year, football proves that, no, you haven't seen it all. There's always some different scenario or different approach that you have to take. It's that type of experience. And I think, if anything, I could share that with younger coaches is you certainly you learn from each season and each game. And it's good to sit back at this time of year. Here it is, December, and go, okay, what things went well, what things didn't go well. And as much as you do that, do not be shocked that you're certainly going to face some situations that you you haven't faced before. Well, that's the beauty of this game, coaches. You're going to have some seasons where similar things happen, but I think you would agree that you know over the course of your career, every season is just a different character in itself, relating it back to that book that you haven't really seen it before. It transforms the people who are involved in it. And obviously, as coaches... There's a lot for us to learn. So to think that you're going to go and do, whether you've had a lot of success or whether you think you're on the right track, you know, if you're going to go and do the same things you did this past season in the exact same way, the results might be completely different. So you're always having to look like what, maybe there's not a big thing you have to change, but maybe it's a little thing that comes up that you can improve. And I think that's what has to drive the off season and drive your research as you look for ideas to implement into your program. Right, that's the value of little podcasts like this, the, the value of, of conferences and clinics you go to. The value of going to actually spend a day or two at a, at a college football practice. There's, there's answers out there. There's always going to be answers. Just finding the proper vehicle to get to the answer is what a coach really has to, has to think through. I always when you think that when you analyze your past season, you really should start with the things when things went well. Too many coaches start right away with, well, what went wrong? No, make sure you go what went well, mm-hmm. because that shapes a lot of your philosophy. And it shapes the idea of having faith that you can find the answer. And as soon as you start listing the things that you did well, I think what pops out as you look at it is, hey, what, something's missing here. Something's missing. We listed, look what we listed, and there's something missing. And that starts probing into them that when you talk about things to adjust, that, that helps probe that. I think too many coaches go to clinics and hear some talk and go, wow, that sounds great. That sounds great. Okay, but does it fit into your scenario or is it something that you don't really need? So what I'm kind of trying to get across is make sure that it's a positive assessment, first of all, what things did go well. And by doing that, it gives you energy to keep going and just make those other small adjustments as you head into that off season. And then asking a a very important question at the end then is, okay, we've got some ideas here. We've talked them out. Everybody understands them on the coaching staff, not just one coach. We've been able to get everybody on the same page. And the last thing is how do we get this implemented? How do we put this in so the kids understand it? Because, Look, you haven't coached it. If the kids are making mistakes, you haven't coached it right. I'm kind of setting up maybe our conversation that's going to take place here, but I think there's a pathway to do it right. Yeah, I'm with you 100%, Coach. I think with whatever you do, you know, I'm I'm very fortunate to be able to talk to some 
great coaches across the country on this podcast. And I think what I've found in the consistency with these guys is they kind of have a process and a system for everything they do. It's not kind of done haphazardly. There's a reason for all of it. And it leads them to the right answers. Those are the guys who, whatever adversity they might face, seem to be able to find their way through it because they've developed a system And within that system, they know where to go to next to find those answers. Or, like you said, even starting with the positives like this, they're able to identify, hey, what's missing here? Right. The game of football, I think everybody has to agree about with this, is is a very complex game. And and it's a very human game. As much as we try to have the answer, there's some times where somebody's going to trip and fall, the ball's going to be dropped, there's a penalty. It's a very human game. Mm -hmm. And that's the frustration there. Okay. You can't get frustrated with the humanity of this game. It's just what techniques do I need to get better at? And scheme wise, certain things on another team's offense caused a problem. Well, it's a scheme situation. Let's take a look because I'm sure there's people we can discuss this with. And our job is to put the kids in a position and make it clear if they do a certain technique that they should be able to make the play and coach, then you can sleep well at night because you you gave that kid the opportunity to make the play. But what's important is always remember it's the kids who are playing the game. It's not coach. It's not your great ideas. It's the kids playing the game. Mm -hmm. Our job is to help them and put them in the position where their talents can do it. And you do all you can to get that kid to where he can reach his potential. If you're able to do that, then you've done a good job coaching. But what limits potential sometimes is not the proper alignment or not the proper scheme. And now, come on, that, that's our job. Come on, coaches, we got to do that job. Well, Coach, you've set the table pretty well here for a discussion on maybe some specifics as we look back at the 2017 season. So knowing that there is a process for you, what things have you looked at so far in, in your analysis and looking back on it said, here's something we can learn from, or here's something maybe we're looking to do better uh, from 2017. Right. Well, first of all, when we, we've already had one staff meeting and, and just kind of gave that overall view and that overall conversation a little bit. And I, first of all, I think what we came out of it is, is looking at, we had a, a number of seniors that really improved between their junior and senior year. And what did we learn by that? You have to have faith that kids will do that. To stay in this game, you have to have Mm -hmm. faith that that kid that was a sophomore or a junior, nine months from now, 10 months from now, that kid is going to get better. And you have to have that faith or it's a disaster. But what we looked at is what things did we do that helped some of these kids that we weren't sure of? Lo and behold, when we got to the season and we, started getting in, they came to the forefront and they played certainly to their capacity and made some plays that a year ago we would have said no way. And what we realized was certainly the off season and the training that we did certainly did help. And so we're happy with that. We certainly want to expand on that. So with the guy who's in charge of our strength program, we're, we're having a meet with the Cleveland Brown strength coaches and the, the Ohio State strength coaches with certain things that he feels that we did well 
and seeing what other things can be tinkered there. I found over the years, strength coaches, they are a special, special breed and they're a brotherhood. So they're always willing to work together. And so that was one thing we really said. We did some good things in getting these kids prepared. And so we want to really keep working with that. But then with that in mind, I think the one thing that came up is asking an important question. Looking at our personnel, did we this year put kids, you know, the second and third team guys, and, and we, we have numbers, okay? Right. And I'm looking at second and third team guy. Did we do a good job in placing that kid in the position he worked at? Now, here's the issue that comes up. A lot of that has to do with the kid who goes, I want to be, let's say, I want to be a wide receiver. I want to be a wide receiver. Okay, and you start looking and you're going, well, he's probably the fifth guy. He's not the top three. Did we do that kid justice in just going, well, okay, okay, stay at that position? Or could we have done a better job in going, you can still work that position, but let's say this, let's see what other position can help you get on the field quicker. And I think we need to do better at that. I really do. I know kids have this, they they dream of a certain position, but there's times when we have to kind of interrupt a little bit and go, here's where you're at. This other position may fit where your talents are now. We need to do a better job. I know that. I think everybody does. You know, it's a shame if you're sitting there going, well, here's a backup sitting here that really, when you're looking at it, really could have been on the field at a different position. And we have to do a better job of that. And that's, I think, the, the challenge of coaching. I think it's a probably looking back on my career too, coach, as, as a high school coach, even as a college coordinator, thinking about those kinds of players down the line, and you just almost assume like, okay, well, he wants to do this, he's going to develop. Instead of, even though he's not in the forefront of your thoughts right now, guys get on the field, where's he going to be next year for us? How does he develop moving forward? So it certainly is the challenge. And obviously, when you look at, types of things like that it affects the player coach relationship certainly and those things obviously build into the culture so if you want to have a positive culture you have to be thinking about those guys down the line as well and where do they fit how can you make sure you maximize their learning the repetitions they have during the season and their development so that they're ready when the opportunity comes I think a lot of coaches can look at that and say yeah I really need to learn from that idea as well yeah, I, it's easy to get in a pattern to go, okay, first group out there. They do their thing for a few minutes and then they get a break. All right, second group and not even, it's too easy to say that. Mm-hmm. It's this, I don't want to say mass substitution, but a group situation. And great, it's wonderful for organization. Don't get me wrong. But notice what we're doing. We're putting individuals and lumping them into a can I say, sort of a stereotype. All right, group two out there, but that one individual in group two at a different position could be challenging to be in group one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And and it's too easy for us to get locked into, all right, A group, now B group. And and, and, yeah, we're getting a lot of reps. All right, but but realize there's individuals in those groups and certain individuals could be playing something else that could really be important. So anyway, I, I don't mean to be redundant there, but I, I, I know we've got to we we've tried to work on that, but I know we got to do a better job in that. 
like you started with, this is about people. It's about the people we have on the field. Yeah, as coaches, we're going to have to make sure we get the scheme and the technique and all those things taught the right way. But there's people inside those helmet and shoulder pads that we got to take care of as well. Right, right. And a year or two later, you look and you go, you know, that kid would have been a very good fill in the blank, whatever, linebacker. It would have been a very good tight end. But we, we sort of bookmarked him in and just let it sit there, you know, mm-hmm. instead of constantly questioning it. So personnel, personnel is so important. Absolutely. It's a great place to start. Well, Coach, moving on, what other types of things have you been looking at right. here? As things go, you know, you, you sit there and you have your offense. And one of the things I, I've enjoyed doing is, is just sitting down and working every, all sorts of different formations and just looking at that not changing your offense now, but looking at different formations and seeing what different formations can add to what you normally do. And we've come up with a couple of very good little wrinkles that we can call anything in our running game, and it works. But it created what we found a little bit of a problem with the opponent's secondary. How are they going to handle it? It was good for us. But then as I look at it in the off season, I have to ask the question, all right, are we showing too much of a tendency from that formation? What can we do? Because it ended up being a good running formation, but I, I'm asking the question, okay, now what positive passing situations can we come from there? First of all, to keep the defense honest, but second of all, take advantage of what they're doing. The old adage of keeping them honest. We hear that all the time in football. We're going to keep you honest by doing this. I want to take that a step further, not just say keep you honest. I want to say if you're doing that, we can hurt you with a a big pass play because you had to make this adjustment. To me, that's a different mentality. I don't want to just sit there and say, we're keeping them honest. I want to sit there. If they have to make some adjustment, we can hurt them badly. So I'm working on that. I think you create something and it's working. Uh, Let's be honest. Your opponents aren't dumb, you know? (laughs) Come on. They have film. We exchange them. They're not dumb. They're going to sit there and go, well, that's something they're using quite a bit. So now for the next 12 months, they're looking at ways to solve the issues, right? But what we have to be prepared for is, okay, and I, I, I guess clichéically people would say plan B from that. But I would say, Whatever adjustment that they're making, let's be prepared to take advantage of the adjustment and not sit there and, and say, oh, they made an adjustment. Let's forget it and go to something else. So is there a little bit of anticipation? Sure. And I think a coach has to do that. But to me, it's a little bit of a mentality of still attacking. You know, mm-hmm. What can we do to attack from what we've done so far? I hope I'm making myself clear. Too many people... Use thing. Well, we got to keep modest. So we're doing the same, but let's keep modest with another play. Football's got to be way more than just keeping the team honest. It's got to be okay. Let's take advantage of what their adjustment is and go. So that's something that we're talking right now. Right now is honestly in the last few days we've been talking quite a bit about that. Yeah, I think as you look at that idea in adjustments that teams try to make. From an offensive standpoint, I'm speaking, you always want to keep things in your hand as far as we're going to control what we do. And, it, it, you know, as you were talking, Coach, it reminded me of 
situation while I was at BW where we had a team we were playing bring everybody up. I mean, they were tight on our corners. Their safeties were at about eight yards. And we had seen that on film. And, I mean, the first thing people like to do is, wow, you know, look at there's, you know, numbers in the box. You got to throw the ball. Obviously, they're thinking the same thing, too. They want to force you into some low percentage throws out on the edges with guys who are covered pretty tightly. And we were able to take a look at some things we had within our plays. We didn't change anything, but we added some motion. We are creative with the gaps we added to it. And it forced their safeties, who were playing at eight now, instead of being able to play in a downhill demeanor because we were using an orbit type of motion and our quarterback was always booting out the other way, that we were really stretching those safeties to the point that they couldn't move downhill like they wanted to and get involved in the box. And I remember our head coach saying at one point... You know, why do you keep running the ball? They got they got 11 men up. I said, Coach, we're running against. We've turned them into a 3-2 box. We're running in against a 3-2 box because the safeties can't support as they would downhill if we were just running our traditional play. So it was the addition of, of that motion to maybe some formations they hadn't seen, and it put us in an advantage. And that's where I think you got to find the answers. Like you said, it's, it's a lot about some of those formations, especially as defenses get modernized and adapted to stop certain things like the spread. Some other things like that was really more of a wing team mentality, which goes way back to my first years in high school with some power of football. And maybe to that point, we had showed a little bit more spread mentality. So the plays remain the same, but what we were presenting on the surface added multiple problems for a defense. You worded it beautifully because that's kind of where we're at a little bit in some of the things we're doing. Because, you know, as soon as you start tinkering too much and you start adding plays on, where you're sacrificing execution. It's nice to say, here's the offense, and we're not really changing any really – I think if we called the play right now, kids would run it mm-hmm. right now. But it's a different formation. And so you'll see the execution, kids have run it hundreds of times. But just by the way we created the formation, and you're right, you're pinpointing it really even more accurately. You've forced the safeties to do some things that they don't want to do. Right. And and the idea of a free safety being just the guy way back and preventing a long run or a long pass. Now, safeties are coming up. They're like linebackers yeah. now. Those guys are physical people, and they're looking for where they can confidently attack. And can a formation put that kid out of his usual progression? And if we do that, that's one less guy after the snap in the box. And like you're saying, hey, you're still running the football because, no, they after the snap, they can't get that eighth guy or seventh, eighth guy up there. You know, they, right. they, they've got to honor it. And that's what we need to do. We're working on that. And it's something that we're happy to work on it because we've had some success with the formations. Now we want to take it to another level. And something also, let's face it, all coaches like to be so calm and confident during a ball game that you can look out there and go, I know exactly what we need to go to. I here we go. I mean that that's the that's the type of stuff all coaches like to feel like they can have, and that's what the off season should do. But that way too many times, you know. Oh, here's a neat play. I've seen it done. I've looked, gone to a clinic. I've seen this, and okay, great. It is a nice play, but is that the only thing you're going to do, and the only formation you're going to do it with? I don't know you got to give your opponent a little more credit than that. Right. 
Absolutely. And I think that's a fun part of of the season for coaches cuz things do slow down and you can you can obviously play around with those ideas a little bit more and it's it's fun when you start bringing in that other piece that you talked about and start looking at well who, you know, if if we're going to use this motion or if we're going to use this particular concept that that we do or this formation, who would be good at doing this for us? And you start to envision maybe where some of those guys fit and I think it helps a little bit in solving that issue you talked about to begin with is is how do you place these personnel where you know, these guys, where they're going to be best on the field and where they're going to contribute in a way that's going to help the team earlier than later. Right. You know, what you just said there, I can tell you that that happened for us with this scenario we just talked about. A certain young man who was involved somewhat, uh, a little bit actually more on defense, but was getting some rotation on offense. Because we were working with these other formations, he started playing more offense, too, because he fit into exactly what we were asking that person to do with this formation. So I can 100% bow on what you just said, because it does create opportunities maybe for certain guys that they have some talent in certain areas. And you start doing some things and wait a minute, that kid right there would work very nicely if we put him right here. Mm-hmm. So that happened to us, what you, what you just mentioned. So uh, I think there's a real progression here on what the offense can do, but not just, hey, I found some super play. It's more than that. It's, you know, so use formations. What can the formation contribute to what your normal offense gives? There's so much to learn from Coach Kyle, and I'm fortunate that I have had him in my own backyard here in Northeast Ohio, and I've been able to learn from him uh, both in watching the games that he's coached as well as clinicking with him, talking to him both formally on this podcast and informally over the years about football. And so congratulations to him again as he begins his final season in 2022. I also have interviewed Coach over the years, and it is the five-year anniversary of our podcast. I will republish my first podcast with him, one of the first we did, and uh, it was an incredible one, a longer one. Uh, I will repost that one as well uh, to honor Coach and to celebrate our five-year anniversary. So look for that one and check in the show notes for our most recent podcast with Coach, which we did a year ago. Thank you again for listening to the Coaching Coordinator Podcast. We're excited to bring you more here in the upcoming year. Follow me on Twitter at Coach K Grabowski and follow all we're doing at coachandcoordinator.com.